speak to us today. And Father, we just pray that the rooms in our lives that need to be lit up and that need to see your light will we'll, uh, see your light, Father. And we just ask that the areas in our life where we still have chains, God, where we might even not realize it, I just pray that you'll give us the key and, and break those chains off in Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus, amen. All right, so um, in Matthew twenty-two thirty-seven. Jesus said, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment, and the second is like it, that you shall love your neighbor as yourself. And we've, we've kind of been talking about forgiveness and repentance and how those two things are the key to our freedom in the area of our mind and ungodly beliefs, in the area of our heart and judgments. And then today we're going to talk about specifically about the area of soul ties and our, our soul being tied up. And, um, you know, we've been really focusing on preparing the way, you know, letting the valleys be brought up and the, the, the um, crooked places being made straight and preparing the way. And what are we preparing the way for? We're preparing the way for intimacy with the Father. And, you know, that word intimacy, I, I struggle with it a little bit, and maybe just because I'm a guy. But it's like, uh, what is intimacy? Okay, that's weird, maybe. Like, why is, why is that word intimacy make me feel a little bit uncomfortable? Um, and, and so I, I was like, okay, well, I'll just, let's just write down a few examples of what, let's think through what intimacy really means. So it, we kind of dissect the word a little bit, so it's not so, I don't know, at least for me, intimidating. All right? So... I'm going to ask you for a couple of, of thoughts that you have around what intimacy means to you, okay? I actually looked it up in the dictionary, and some of the words were closeness, familiarity, this was an interesting one, re, um, revealing secrets, that was a part of it, and, and personal, and other words that I wrote down were like honesty and vulnerability, being vulnerable with someone. What... When you guys think about uh, intimacy, any words come to your mind? Yeah. Intimacy. That's it. Awesome. Affection. Good. Comfortable. Good. Anything else? Yeah. Close relationship. That's good. So... Once I put some words like that <laughs> along with intimacy, it made it a lot easier for me to swallow, I think. <laughs> All right? So we've been pressing in and feeling like God is bringing us into deeper levels of intimacy with him, bringing us into deeper levels of closeness with him, bringing us into deeper levels of a personal relationship with him. Okay? And so the preparing the way is preparing the way for that in our lives. <clears throat> So the whole purpose of all of the, this restoring the heart um, you know, discussion that we've been having is about getting healing so we can become free. Because a lot of times we don't even realize the areas of our life where we're just bound up. 
It's a lot of times under the surface. It's a lot of times um, we just don't see it. And so we want to step into new areas of freedom in our life, l- allow the Holy Spirit to speak um, where the areas that we need to get free are. But then the end result is an outward focus. Right? The end result is, at the end, every time we talk about this, it's like, okay, you forgive, you repent, you break agreement or break the judgment or break the ungodly soul tie. And then what do you do? You look to Jesus and you say, Jesus, what's the truth? And so it's easy to get kind of inward focused when we're talking about this kind of thing. But the purpose isn't just to get inward focused. The purpose is allow God to identify things, deal with them, and then look to him for the truth about what he thinks about that. And then that allows us to become who we are fully meant to be so we can take what we have to people that are around us and we can pour into people that are around us. All right? So today, the fourth piece is soul tie. So let me talk about what a soul tie is. It's a linkage in the soul realm between two people. It's an emotional, mental, or spiritual connection generally developed through a close relationship. Okay? So there's, a, there's connections that we have with other people that um, become soul ties in the, in the soul realm. And soul ties can have, they can be godly and good soul ties, and they can be negative and bad, ungodly soul ties. Okay? What a soul tie, it's, it's within a relationship. You know, a good a basic example is in a marriage, we are tied. And, of course, with, with, sexual, with a sexual union, there is, it says the two become one flesh, right? The two become one. There's an automatic, with um, sexual activity, there's an automatic soul tie that's, that's created there, okay? So we have this soul tie connecting us. And I can pour good things into Sarah, and I can pour bad things into Sarah, Okay, and she can do the same with me. And so it it almost creates like a channel between two people and and it allows a spiritual transfer between two people. Okay, and so um, it can be with close friends. It can be with marriage partners can be uh, church leaderships in the body. It can be uh, between family members and and the kind of the the closer the relationship or the stronger the relationship, the larger the connection between the two people. And so the more opportunity there is to pour good things or, on the flip side, bad things into each other's life. Okay? Um, so let me give you just a quick, a quick few examples. An example of a soul tie that you would want to break is potentially with an ex. An ex-boyfriend, an ex-girlfriend... Um, somebody that you had a close, some sort of a close-knit relationship with, okay? Generally, um, there's parts of that relationship that, and Sarah's going to get into kind of the negative side, but the kind of manipulation and control and that sort of thing, okay? And so we want to break those ungodly soul ties, and we want to build and create godly soul ties. So an example of a godly soul tie, I had a great youth leader when I was in, when I was in my, ch- my home church youth group, um, cared about us, passionate about um, us growing in God, passionate about just worshiping, pushed us into new areas of God, pushed us into new areas of worship. And to me, he was looking back, it's like, wow, there's this godly soul tie between him and I where he was pouring spiritual strength into me. 
And I was able to rely on that strength. And so in your life, you can probably look back and think of ungodly soul ties. And you could probably think of godly soul ties that you have. And so what we want to do is break off the ungodly soul ties and enhance and, and pull and encourage the um, godly soul ties. So godly soul ties promote intimacy. So we've been talking about intimacy. We've been talking about kind of what it means. Godly soul ties promote intimacy. So I'm going to talk about a couple of examples. One example is in marriage of a godly soul tie. You know, we are, Sarah and I are able to pour into each other the encouragement that, that we need and the a spiritual support. I can pour into her and she can pour into me. And in Ephesians 5, 30 and 31, it says, for members of his body, for this reason, a man will leave his father and mother, be united to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. And I mean, just talked about that quickly, just that we become one and there's a connection between us that creates um, the opportunity and the ability for us to pour into each other. You know, there's been times where we've been trying to um, conceive for almost five years, five years, and there's definitely been ups and downs in that, <laughs> you know, during that time. There's been um, times where I just feel frustrated and I feel angry and I feel irritated and disappointed and and we have we can think of very specific times where one of us has been just hurting and really down and the other one has been able to come and pour that support and that love and that encouragement into us and that's a godly soul tie between us where she can pour into me and vice versa there's been times where she's just um you know you give up give up hope a lot of times you know you're just like i don't have any more hope and I've been able to support her and encourage her in that. And so just an example of a godly soul tie in a marriage. Another example where godly soul ties would be would be in friendships. And if you look at David and Jonathan in the Bible, in 1 Samuel 18.1, says the soul of Jonathan was knit to the soul of David. And Jonathan loved him as his own soul. And that sounds kind of like uh, what we talked about in Matthew where um, you will love your neighbor as yourself, right? There's this love of yourself that you have to have before you can love other people. And uh, Jonathan loved him as his own soul. So David and Jonathan's relationship was very intimate. Now, there is a problem with our society because we automatically associate a desire to be intimate and close with sexual things. Okay, so in our society, we automatic we can't differentiate love and sex, and so we automatically jump from a place of if you have a desire to be close. Let's use men for example. If I have, an, I have a desire to be close to other men, that's automatically there's something that is homosexual about that. There's something that's un, that's wrong about that, and I totally disagree with that. There's there's relationships that God wants us to build. Men on men, women on women, where there's a strong connection. There's an, dare I say, intimate, <laughs> you know, relationship where there's a closeness and there's a vulnerability. And there's um, the, just a godly soul tie where you can communicate to each other um, and, and f- allow the spirit of God that's in you to pour into that person, you know. And so I, I really want to, you know, me personally, I grew up. Um, I felt like my brother always had great relationships with other guys and he always was really close and really connected. And I felt like I, I had a lot of really good friends, but never felt like I was like, man, this is just almost like a best friend or a really close friend. 
And I realized that there's something inside of me that really desires that. And, and that that desire isn't a bad desire, that that desire is a good desire. And so especially for us men, it's, it's good for us to desire other manly, close relationships. It's not bad to have that. It's, it's good to go after that. So I just want to encourage, just encourage you on that. <clears throat> so another example of in the Bible, and I'm not going to go into detail on it, but another example in the Bible of a strong relationship is be- between Ruth and Naomi. You can look it up in Ruth. There's a, just this um, desire that Ruth wants to cling to Naomi. Uh, Naomi. And in fact, there, the word that's used there is debak. I don't know how to say it exactly, but it's a word for glue. Where it's actually they're, they're, they're stuck together. There's this connection between them. There's, and, and there's that connection that allows that life source to be there. <clears throat> All right, the third example is this. We are the body. Right? It's the body, and we're a bunch of people from all different walks of life, all different, and we're all different and crazy, and that's great, and that's good. But we automatically, when we come into this church and we connect to this body as the source, we have relationships with other people in this body, and we have friendships, and we, we can create godly soul ties, and we can, or we can encourage each other and pour into each other. In fact, if you look at the body, 1 Corinthians 12 uh, 12 and 13 talks about, For even as the body is one, yet many members, and all the members of the body, though they are many, are one body, so also is Christ. For by one Spirit we're all baptized into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, whether slave or free, and we were made to drink of one Spirit. You look at our physical bodies, and it's all connected, you know? We're all a source. We all... Um, the, I wouldn't be able to hear if I didn't have ears. And so we're, we have this connection and need for each other to... To, um, to encourage each other, to strengthen each other, to build each other up. When someone gets, when your body gets a cut, your, the rest of your body automatically springs into action to bring healing to that, you know, whether it's scabbing or, or whatever needs to be done. And so there's this, these godly soul ties that we create with our brothers and sisters. And, and the other one in the church is with our church leadership. You know, the, the God has called leaders to lead and pastors to pastors. Isn't that amazing? Um, Ephesians 4, 11 and 12. And he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints. That's us. For the work of ministry, for edifying the body of Christ. So there's this transfer that can come from our spiritual leaders of anointing, of spiritual strength. And, and it can get passed into our lives. Now, you know, you probably hear, and there's lots of talk about abuse in the church, and there definitely has been control and manipulation, which would be an ungodly soul talk, which Sarah's going to talk about. But um, we need to create and and develop godly soul ties with our leaders, so we can receive what God's given to them for us. All right, all right, Sarah. Yeah, I think just how important it is to to recognize that soul ties are created through being open-hearted. So the more open-hearted you are with the people around you, the more you can um, receive from them what they have in the spirit realm. And that's true for, like Seth's talking about with leaders and pastors, if you have this kind of mistrust and you're guarding your heart because you're afraid, you know, it's hard to actually receive what they actually have to offer. But the more open-hearted you are and the more you trust, um, 
the more you can receive from their anointing spiritually. You know, that's amazing that we can do that. When they lay hands on us and pray for us, we can receive spiritually what they're um, giving to us in the spirit. And that's a really positive thing. And, you know, just because we are part of one body, the head is the Lord. We receive from him continually. And that's the same for in the church. The authority structure is your pastor. And we receive from them continually. And, and, and I think the goal is to not be afraid to trust in God in your leaders. That's something I've had to learn. Um, but I had um, a really amazing godly soul tie relationship with a friend of mine. And uh, we were working together for a few years on our own project. And whenever we got together, we spent time with God. And that established some some amazing things in our friendship. It was like because we spent time with God and after we'd spend time with God, we'd talk about what happened. There was such an intense ability to be open with each other and to receive from what God was giving us and we were able to get what we were getting from God and receive what the other person was getting from God and you know we are so connected and we're not even in the same city anymore but we're more connected than a lot of friendships I have because it was based in God and that I would say for me is such a clear example of what a godly soul tie looks like um, because that was our foundation and our base, and everything flowed from that. But just as God has given us the ability to have that deep connection with people that allows that, that godly spiritual transfer, we have the ability to have a deep connection with people where there's an ungodly spiritual transfer, and it can allow things of the enemy to influence us in um, very negative ways that we might not even realize. And um, ungodly soul ties are characteristic, characterized by... Uh, manipulation and control as well as sexual sin and whenever there is those three there is uh, a heavy ability for the just the demonic to influence that relationship and um, it's usually especially with control and manipulation it, it happens on a very subconscious level you don't always realize when you're being controlling or manipulative as well you don't necessarily always realize when someone is controlling you are being manipulative to you. It's sometimes hard to identify. Sometimes relationships you've had for years, you don't realize the patterns that are there because it's always been that way, you know. And marriage, it's uh, common for there to be godly aspects of that relationship when you're a Christian, you know, and God is the center. But we've grown up in, in, you know, living life in this world, and we can sometimes have ungodly tendencies, so we can also have ungodly aspects of a godly relationship. And that's a good um, example in Seth and I, in which I would tend to have more godly, or sorry, controlling tendencies. And Seth, like he's mentioned, you know, kind of realized he didn't have opinions and he didn't know what he thought all the time and has had to grow in not being as passive. And God's shown him a lot. He's grown a lot. But early on in our marriage, I had a lot of opinions and I was very willing to share them. And I tended to quite often. So I would have these opinions and Seth wouldn't. And it would kind of go that way. And I I recognized it right away and knew that there was something not right. And I wanted to let God do something. And so I allowed God over and over to just take an ax to my controlling tendencies. Just hack it, God, you know, I just wanted it gone. And um, it took some, it took time and it's, you know, we're all in process, right? Well, anyway, a few years ago, something came up um, amongst our household called fantasy football. 
And this is something that Seth really enjoyed to do. But every time fantasy football came up, I'd get this feeling inside, and it wasn't good. And the reason why was because Seth would spend a lot of time doing fantasy football. And I recognized that, and there was a fear in me. And the fear was, he is not paying attention to me. How long is this going to go on? The stuff that I want to do isn't happening together. And, you know, there's just this sense of fear that was the foundation of the feelings I was having. What happens when you fear? Does anyone know what happens when we fear? Control. <laughs> so I would be, have that sense of fear, and then I would control. And what's the opposite of fear? Anybody know? Perfect love casts out all fear. So what comes with love is freedom. So I had to learn when I was having that sense of fear and how I'd control and how I could let God bring in love to cast out the fear that I was having and and bring freedom. So what would happen was Seth would be in the dining room. I'd walk in. And what, what it is, is there's this green screen that comes up with fantasy football. The, the background is green. So Seth would have this green glow on his face every time I walked in. And I would call it his green girlfriend. You're spending time with your green girlfriend again. And, you know, I'd say things and, oh, look who it is who's joined the, the family. It's the green girlfriend. Yay. How long is this date going to go on? You know, like, and like, I would get kind of like, Annoyed, and I'd be like, you know, all this passive aggressiveness and whatever, you know, and all that promoted control and Seth feeling pressure and all kinds of stuff. And, you know, there has to be a balance. Obviously, the green girlfriend can't dominate our lives, but all at the same time, the feeling that I have of that fear and the control is not okay at all. So I've uh, allowed God to cleanse me and to bring like love where there was fear and I just asked God to you know forgive me I repented forgave and just in general Seth and I have broken an ungodly soul tie that's between us because of those tendencies and because of that we have a, a new sense of freedom and I have to say that there's been progress this last whole football season has been much more peaceful. You know, I do have to say, though, whoever invented fantasy football are geniuses because guys watch way more football. So not only do you have to, like, look at the green screen and hang out with your girlfriend, but then you watch the games, too, way more. Side note. Anyway. So fear promotes control. That, like, that's where control comes from, is fear. And with love brings freedom. And so we want to we wanna have freedom in our relationships and not control. So also in um, other relationships, parent and child relationships, there can be manipulation and control in them. And, you know, parents can be over-controlling or over-domineering, and um, you'll see the fruit of that sometimes. And as well, children can actually control and dominate their parents. And an, an indication of this is when a child is allowed to dictate or control their parents' activities and relationships. You know, that's an indication that there could be an ungodly soul tie. Uh, I had a friend that was like an old, long-standing friend, and there were times that I recognized some levels of um, just unhealthy 
relations and that uh, friendship. We were good friends, and there were some good things too, but there was definitely some control and manipulation on both of our ends, I would say, growing up. And I, when we heard this teaching, I realized it and just forgave and repented and broke the soul tie. And I could tell later, whenever we were kind of slipping into those old behaviors that we used to, I could recognize that a lot easier. And then, you know, ask God to come in and help me to change and or, you know, that other person. I just prayed that we would have only that godly um, uniting in our relationship and that the old ways would just go, you know. It can happen in friendships. It can happen in all kinds of relationships that you have. And the degree to which you're more open-hearted will be the strength of that soul tie and the influence that can come. So here's some symptoms of ungodly soul ties. You guys ready? This might sting a little. It's okay, though. God is good. All right, tendencies to be domineering and controlling. That's a, this is a, a symptom of an ungodly soul tie. And someone who might say it's my way or nothing. You know, this is the way it is. And there's no choice. Um, patterns of anger, blame, and accusation. Wherever there's a lot of accusation or blame and pointing the finger, you know, there's, there's a symptom there. Self-centeredness, always taking and not giving. You know, people who consume a lot um, and are not people who can, like, make any sacrifices themselves. And self-centeredness is generally quite obvious in ungodly soul ties. And selflessness is what is true for godly soul ties. The tendency to be apathetic and passive in relationships or easily manipulated. So there can be, you know, this is uh, all contributing to a soul tie. Someone who could be domineering and controlling and someone who could be the one who's passive and being easily controlled. Another person's voice playing over and over in your mind like a tape recorder. You hear their thoughts, their opinions. It just dominates your thoughts because they have like a hook in you in a sense. An obsessive preoccupation with another to the neglect of the things of the Lord. So it's like what they think and what they do is more important than what God thinks, and there's no order in that. The inability to bring a relationship under the godly order and control of the Holy Spirit. So like authority structures being kind of construed. The fear of being real with or speaking truth to another, that person you'd have a soul tie with, um, in place of that would be like intimidation and fear. Those are the things that keep you from speaking the truth because you're afraid. You don't know, you know, how to really be firm because, you know, it doesn't matter. It's their way, the highway. So there's a lack of freedom. And that lack of freedom is a good indication. And I've had experiences where I have a really hard time making a decision about something because I'm, I'm like thinking about what someone would think in a certain situation. In another situation, I could be thinking of someone else. You know, what are they going to think? And that's a good indication. I might have a soul tie with that person. I might have a soul tie with this person. You know, you just need to be thinking about this. And you might make your decisions based on what they think. Now, the contrast to that would be caring more about what God thinks, praying about what God thinks, and having that person encourage you towards what God wants you to do. That's the contrast. So that's what you want. That's a godly soul tie. Uh, When I was going through this teaching, I was um, reading about uh, ex-boyfriends and girlfriends or spouses from the past and how you might have had a relationship from years before, but their person comes to mind every so often, and maybe you even still have feelings for them. And all of a sudden, this person that I dated in high school came to my mind, and I realized after thinking about it that I probably think about that person a little bit more than you probably should. 
And um, I just thought for a second, maybe there's a soul tie. But I think when I had heard the teaching before, I never let it register that this could be a soul tie because when in high school, I, would, I never really took relationships seriously until I met Seth. I never really gave my heart away. I didn't consider them that important, which actually you know, wasn't healthy in that, in that aspect either. But I didn't really care. And so I didn't feel like there was any ability for there to be a soul tie because it, to me, felt on the very surface level. But um, after just feeling this like pull from the Holy Spirit, actually this could be a soul tie, and recognizing, wow, I do think about them like every so often, and it seems a bit, a bit much. I just started, okay, God, I'm just going to start forgiving them because that's the first step, forgiveness. So I started forgiving that person for all these things, and I just was waiting on the Holy Spirit to show me, and I couldn't believe how many things I could think about. And this was 15 years ago. I could remember there was control and manipulation involved that I just hadn't really thought about. And as I was forgiving, I started feeling a shift. I started feeling like this lifting happening, and I just felt lighter. And then I actually broke the soul tie and just prayed for a severing of any spiritual thing that was, like, you know, able to bring oppression. And I felt a spiritual shift in that moment. It was really cool. But what was more interesting to me was that in the next two weeks, Seth and I both noticed an increase in intimacy between us on all levels. Like, it felt like there was way more freedom in our relationship and intimacy. And that just surprised me because this wasn't even that long of it. It was like nine months, I think, this relationship was in high school 15 years ago. And I just had no idea that I was carrying something. And that's what happens a lot is you carry things. You just carry things. And then once you pray through it and have a measure of freedom, you realize what you were carrying. You get used to it. You just are holding it, you know, you, you just carry it, and you don't realize the freedom that comes just from praying through something, and it increased intimacy between Seth and I, and we've been married for nine years, nine years between us that there was a, 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 some measure of, like, resistance in that intimate level. That's crazy. It kind of makes me mad as I think about it a minute. So sexual sin, in First Kings 11, it says, But King Solomon loved many foreign women as well as the daughter of Pharaoh, women of the Moabites, Ammonites, Edomites, Sidonians, and Hittites, from the nations of whom the Lord said to Israel, so this is a warning from God, he said, you shall not intermarry with them, nor they with you. Surely they will turn your hearts after their gods. And that's that with intimacy comes that influence. You know, with a soul tie just comes that, it's a spiritual influence that can happen from a soul tie. And what happened, it's very sad, Solomon clung to these in love, and he had 700 wives, princesses, and 300 concubines. And his wives turned away his heart. For it was so when Solomon was old that his wives turned his heart after other gods, and his heart was not loyal to the Lord, his God, as was the heart of his father David. So that was what hooked Solomon. And what's clear is that sex brings ties that influence And it even influenced the wisest king in the Bible. It was even able to influence the wisest king in the Bible. He was not able to withstand the influence of the soul tie. In 1 Corinthians 6, it says, Or do you not know and realize that when a man joins himself to a prostitute, he becomes one body with her? You know, Seth talked about marriage. You know, there's a soul tie there, but this would be an ungodly soul tie when you're with a prostitute because that's sexual sin. It's not under the covenant of marriage which is the protection over sexual relations. 
The two, it is written, shall become one flesh, but the person who is united to the Lord becomes one spirit with him. And that's the thing is we want to be more tied to God than anyone else, right? But sex without the covenant of marriage is sin. And because of that spiritual and emotional entanglement that comes from sexual sin, it brings difficulty in ending a bad relationship and knowing God's best and bringing clarity, all that stuff. God knew this, and that's why he wanted the covering and the protection of the covenant of marriage. Also, um, just the, there's a, a heavy influence that the demonic has in a soul tie. And um, there was a story of a young man who was led through like a deliverance process. He was having massive attacks in the night. Um, he would have like demonic visitations, and it was like really uh, disrupting his life. And he went in for counseling and found that uh, through seeking God that he had a soul tie with someone who was very unhealthy and he just broke the soul tie and everything stopped. It was just the soul tie that was the key to his freedom. So we want to have godly soul ties and not let the relationships and our history of our past affect our present. And we also want to um, let God bring um, understanding into our present relationships where there's control and manipulation. And, and we want to destroy ungodly soul ties and enhance and nurture and encourage the godly soul ties. And um, when we do break those ungodly soul ties, it breaks oppression. So number one, we want to let God bring to mind people in our history and lives currently that we may need to break an ungodly soul tie with. And we want to, to use forgiveness and repentance to, to break them. And then we want to let God reveal relationships or times that we're being controlling or manipulative and where there might be a lack of freedom. And that could be our key. We can just ask the Holy Spirit, God, show me in my life where I'm doing this. And then, you know, there's, you need to have humility to do that. You need to have humility to let God say something to you that you might not want to hear. It can be kind of painful. I've faced it many, many times. You know, it takes humility. And then also we want to increase the godly soul ties. And there, the evidence of that should be the fruits of the Spirit. The fruits of the Spirit should be evident and the selflessness like we talked about. And um, the fruits of the Spirit, you know, godly or uh, self-control, gentleness, peace, patience, kindness, love. All those things should, should be the fruit of a godly soul tie. And the things of heaven can transfer from us to each other in those so we want to take a minute. You want to pass those sheets out? We just want to take a minute and let the God uh, reveal to us um, anywhere in our lives that we've had a soul tie. You know, and we might have many. Um, someone gave a testimony in first service of how, you know, they, they just had no idea. As soon as they broke two soul ties, God would bring up five. And then they'd pray through those. And, you know, it was like 20 years ago, relationships. And the person said that they never felt so free. And they had depression. And it was gone. They just had so much freedom after praying through soul ties. And, um, you know, you can hear about this. And God might show you someone you have a soul tie with. But you actually won't experience freedom until you pray this prayer or pray through it in some way. And so I just want to encourage you to take time this week to do that. And the reason why is because soul ties that are ungodly destroy intimacy. And soul ties that are godly increase intimacy. 
So we want, we want intimacy. The whole purpose of our teachings are intimacy with God, paving the way for intimacy with God, and how that's going to impact our marriages and our relationships with our kids and our families and friends. And that's just so exciting. All the good things from heaven can flow through um, intimacy. So let's just take a minute to pray. And let's just hold our, our hearts open before God. And Holy Spirit, we just allow you to bring to mind people in our lives that we have an ungodly soul tie with. I pray, Father, that you would um, give us eyes to see and ears to hear what your Spirit is saying. Right now, we just hold our lives before you. I pray that you'd show us hindrances to intimacy through soul ties right now. And in Jesus' name, I just want to break off any condemnation. There is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. We can be free. God smiles on us. This is an opportunity for freedom. This is not a a finger-pointing session. And we just thank you so much, God, for how you just love us through praying through these things. You love us through our healing. And God, I just pray, Father, for a severing off of the, the oppression that comes from ungodly soul ties. And we just pray for intimacy. In Jesus' name, I pray for intimacy in relationships and marriages and families between parents and children, between our church body. God, we just pray for intimacy. And I just pray for unity and love that the fruits of the Spirit would be evident in our relationships. And, Lord, we just thank you for how you cut off the things of our past and you show us areas in our own hearts in a gentle and loving way. And we just hold that open before you and say yes to what you want to do. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, Adam. Oh, yeah. Also, we have um, packets that have the um, resources from the three weeks that we had teachings. If you missed one or if you want all three, they're right here. And they're also on the wooden table at the entry. Thank you, you, Seth and Sarah. I can't encourage you enough to to grab a packet and and take time out of your own schedule, more time than, than we're able to do on Sunday morning during the week. And, and, and really address this. Go before God and, and ask Him, and He'll talk to you. He'll be faithful because He wants to see you set free. And there is a freedom that's available through this, through this, whole, this whole month of teaching. So please do that. All right, we just have uh, one main announcement here. It's for anyone that is interested in leading a life group. If you have not turned in your sheet here, that talks about what you're doing for your life group and details such as that, please do so. We need these right now. And uh, we are going to have life group sign-ups next week. So in between the two services and after second service, you'll be able to sign up for life groups for this new season. So that's going to be fun and exciting. All right, let's go ahead and take our offering. Please join with me in prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you 
that we have an opportunity to sow into this church and to sow into your kingdom as we give financially. And Lord, I just pray for a blessing on every person in this house. Uh, financial blessing, Father, I ask that your, your uh, kingdom economy would be made known in our lives and that you would take care of all the, the financial emergencies and crises that are in this house. Lord, I ask that you just wipe those clean right now and that you'd supernaturally provide money for every person in this house that needs and that your favor would be on this church financially in Jesus' name. Amen.